Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. So today we're talking to Maya and Maya wrote in wanting to talk about enmeshment, potential codependency, uh, really asking, you know, when you're in a romantic relationship, when do you know it's you versus them, right? Like when does it fall on them or when is it like my pattern and, and what's the shared responsibility here? Um, obviously I'd love for you to take us deeper, but it sounds like that was kind of the crux of it. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Hi. Danae. Hi. Um, yes, that is the crux. It's a, um, question I find myself um, asking myself very, very, very often. Mm-hmm. Um, is it me? Is it him? Mm-hmm. Is it our communication? Could I be different? Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, could I be different if I were to even just kind of go through it with you now? Can I be better? Um, more painfully, um, is this my fault? Is mm-hmm. this... Um, Am I not, am I not good enough, you know? um, And should I try something different? Mm -hmm. And this has been a pattern, really honestly, like over 10 years. And I've been married for 17 years. Maybe it was earlier too, um, but maybe I was just a busy mom of like a couple of kids. So you just chalk it up to tired and kids and um, things like that. But it's a question that I sit with a lot and I, and I kind of was writing a little earlier today and, you know, I really say things like, is something wrong with me? Like, you know, why is it that I have to keep changing and I have to do the work, whatever that means, you know, I know what that means, but so, um, yeah, it's, it's very painful because sometimes I think it's not me and then immediately something happens and there's an, uh, you know, an exchange and then it's like, you know, I think it's me again. And I'm like, wait a second. I just thought it wasn't me. And so I feel like I just do this back and forth and it's super, um, questions, how much I can trust myself. How much do Mm -hmm. I really know questions, my knowing questions, the intense work that I've been doing for a number of years. And, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I sit. Well, Maya, you know, if I may just start off by saying, I love that you are sitting in the space of asking how much of this is my responsibility. I sort of come from the perspective of it is always my work, my responsibility, my 100% to take because our 100% is the only um, thing we can take responsibility for in this lifetime, right? Like as much as it may very well be a dance between the two of us, which is always often, you know, like what's happening here. Mm -hmm. The only person I have any control over changing is always myself, right? So I would love if you would tell us a little bit more. It sounds like this is within your marriage that you're having some of this questioning come up. Will you tell us a little bit about what the dynamic looks like these days for the two of you? Before we get into that too, I just want to build really quickly on what Danae said, which is I'm hundred percent on board with Danae says. And I want to say there's a difference between I can take my 100% ownership and I am to blame. 
there's a big difference in that. And I know that that can be a little confusing. Um, and, and as she was saying, it was like, I know what she's saying, but I also know that sometimes hearing that people get into like a, okay, so it is my fault. And I don't think that's actually what Danae means. It's like, yeah. I can own my part and I can know that I'm responsible for myself and only myself, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, all of the fault lays on my shoulders. And I guess, you know, I think it's like Thank relationships are for the right. expansion of everyone involved. I don't think anybody's to blame. I right. think that most of the time we're sort of playing out patterns together, right? But like, how do I look at like, what is being activated within me through mm -hmm. this dynamic mm -hmm. of the relationship, right? Okay, I hear both of you and that's a, thank you, Vanessa, for kind of clarifying that. Is it me or is it the other? I, I think what I, on a deeper level, what I think I really mean by that is I'm doing this inner work. So when I become aware, so enmeshment and codependency, interestingly, have been a word in my dictionary or in my somewhere in the back of my head since I was like a teenager. Mm -hmm. So, but I started to really do a lot of work around this. And even so far as narcissism um, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. and really started to understand it. So even when you, when you watch and you hear podcasts on narcissism, you know, can't do anything about the other, the narcissist, right? So I can focus on why did I, how did I attract this narcissist? What in me attracted this? So that's when right. I say, okay, so I am learning about that. I'm setting boundaries. I'm doing a lot of body work to like, kind of connect back to my, um, feelings that yes. the sensations in my body. So I'm doing these things. I'm doing my work. I, I believe I'm doing my work. Mm -hmm. um, and when it starts to get confusing is like, okay, I'm doing my work. I'm expressing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling my feelings. I'm setting my boundaries. However, we're still having the same arguments. We're still having the same finger pointing. So now I when I notice him finger pointing at me, I'm like, okay, hold on. You don't have to take this blame. Mm -hmm. And I can do, and I can now separate, but I'm like, well, why is he still blaming me? Mm -hmm. Like it, then, I, then if I'm not like, you know, high up on the self-care or something, I'm like, oh God, is it me again? Yeah. Oh, did I, did I not say that right? Oh gosh, was I not empathic enough? And, and, and I go down this mm -hmm. path and I go down the crazy making. Yeah. So when I say, is it me or is it him? I, I mean, like, is it me? Like, yeah. should I be, can I learn now? Now I say, oh, do I need to have a therapist help me with communication? <laughs> do yeah. I not have, know how to express myself clearly? You know, and then in one conversation, I think I do a really good job. And then, I don't know, two hours later, like, we're, we're like um, snapping with each other and short with each other. And I could feel my body, like I can feel myself being triggered. Mm -hmm. Like maybe in, in something he says to my kids, I have two teenagers. So it's not like they're little, but you know, I, I feel it. I'm like, God, why the hell does he have to say that? We've already talked about this before, you know? And I, and, and then, I, and, and that's when I go, okay, Maya, you still have work to do. You know, that's your trigger. I like, I know this, but I, I sit with like the crazy making, yeah. like I I'm doing my work. Like I meditated, I did this. I, I journal, I do all this. I'm very clear on my patterns or I'm when I'm very clear, I'm like, you know, I'm clear. I could still fall into them, but sure. I'm clear. So 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel crazy. And then I feel, mm. um, yeah, I feel crazy. Then I go into like then narcissistic, you know, patterns of like gaslighting. And is he, I even do this. This is really hard for me. Cause I really go, is that love bombing or is that real love? Like, mm. does he really mean I'm really trying with you. I'm, I'm trying to change my behaviors. I'm looking at my patterns and I'm like, okay, is that real? Is that not real? And I am like, then I, I think I go in and I'm like, I feel a wall that's up. I'm like, okay, should I lower the wall? But that requires me to open up again and be vulnerable again. But I've done that before. And then I just feel like, nope, because he comes back in like, you know, the next week, another, and the arguments are really silly. So if I were to like even give you an example, I know it's the small stuff, but it goes it is. deeper. <laughs> it goes, yeah, and it yeah. goes deeper. It goes in, it goes into, and I will share this um, because this is something I just experienced um, like an hour and a half ago. I was sitting with this word. Um, I sit with two words, very triggering for me in my life, acceptance and judgment. Um, and I've done my work to know that in my childhood, um, that sense of just not being accepted. Um, you're born, you're too small, you're too skinny, you have to eat. Oh, wow. Well, God, she won't eat, you know? Um, so now we have to force feed her. So even, so I could, I could see patterns of how I disconnected to myself. So I'm aware, but this, it was just something I was doing and we were talking about, um, asking questions. And I just like, was like, I was being triggered around the words, like acceptance and judgment, like, the, these are words. And so I noticed that in my pattern with my, with my husband, when he's mm -hmm. talking to me, I'm like, there he goes again, telling me to be different. You know, mm -hmm. I can't even be accepted for who I am. And I'm owning my shit too. Mm -hmm. And I'll even like own shit. I'll be like, shit, that was totally me, you know? And I'm like, and I, and so then I go, is it me? Am I, do I need to say that better? Maybe I thought I was being, um, empathic that's just the word that keeps coming maybe I was I was speaking with empathy I was supporting him and I'm like maybe he is supporting me okay I don't, know. I, I don't know I think I think I I'm, I'm exhausting myself just saying everything I'm yeah saying it you. sounds it I mean it's like mental gymnastics yeah yeah and you know there's something that I hear underneath your question of is it me which is a little bit of what I think most of us are fundamentally asking on a relational level which is um am I okay as I am? Am I enough? You know, am I, is the truth of who I am a problem, right? And I'm going to quote Vanessa back to you as Vanessa is sitting here, which is something that she often says that I think is helpful, which is, um, we are human. We will have moments where what is happening in this situation is bad. That does not mean I am bad, right? And it's that sort of differentiation mm. between like what is happening and the dynamic between us doesn't mean that this is somehow a fault within me mm -hmm. fundamentally as who I am, right? So I think in those moments that you're describing, your husband saying something like the way you met me in this moment, I had a trouble with, right? I'm sort of asking myself, is it me? Meaning... Am I a bad person? Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I not doing enough work versus, hmm, is it true? Is, is, some, is there some truth in what he's saying? Can I look for where there might be um, some part of what he's saying that I can take ownership of, that I can sort of say like, yes, no part of me is diminished by saying there might be truth to that. And I think there's power in that to me, um, saying like, I can hear what you're saying human to human without it somehow diminishing me. Does that make sense? 
yeah, actually makes a lot of sense. Because I think we get so into the like defense of like, that is not true. I am not a bad person. It's like this human is expressing to me human, like some way that they feel hurt or diminished or, you know, minimized. And I think, you know, you were sort of describing something that comes up with like your kids and the way I see him parenting. And I think this is something that, you know, as parents, we, we see happen a lot. Like I wouldn't do it that way. And especially as mamas, I get a little like, don't do that to my kid. Right. And Harriet Lerner in her book, the dance of anger talks about how often our work is to sort of say that person gets to have their relationship with their child and I don't have to control it. Right. Like I can sort of be in the experience experience of like bearing witness, I would maybe do that differently, but they're going to have their own relationship with their dad and the resistance to it almost makes it bigger. The kids sort of see you having energetic like resistance to it and they react to it. And then he feels deeply shamed as a human by you having resistance to it. Right. So it sort of like explodes it into a bigger thing than it might be otherwise. And just, I want to hear how that feels. I know I was talking for a minute. So if I, say what I, what I really originally hear is, oh, it's you. Yeah. That's what Let I me hear. tell you now, why I but, hear that because I oh. come from that place too. And this is why Danae quotes me on that because this is yeah. my personal struggle in my relationship as well, which is I have a hard time separating this thing that you did hurt my feelings versus you are bad. You hurt my feelings or whatever it is. Right. And also, even as Danae was speaking, I was thinking, Um, is there, when she said, is there a part in that where you can say, I can accept that I can take ownership for that. I almost wanted to interject and say yes. Or is there a part in it where even if you don't agree, because this is my thing for me, can I say, this is your experience, Mm, your feelings were hurt. That doesn't mean I'm bad or that I necessarily hurt your feelings. Like there was some kind of intention behind it. You're allowed to have hurt feelings. That doesn't make me bad. Okay. I hear you. Your feelings were hurt. I apologize that your feelings were hurt. Like, I don't want your feelings to be hurt. Obviously I care about you. Right. But it doesn't necessarily, and and I don't think that's necessarily skirting blame. I think that's also just for somebody who has a tendency to say, I am bad. For somebody who has a tendency to say, is it me? right? What did I do wrong? I think sometimes it's also really helpful to separate out just because somebody comes to you and says like, Hey, this thing happened. You hurt my feelings. You don't always have to agree with it. And it still doesn't make it not true. If that makes sense. Because our human psyche will just like immediately defend against that thing of like, I'm bad, right? That we can't be in a relational space with someone else. As long as like, I just need to protect the fact that I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. And it's normal, by the way all of us will do that. Like that's like instinctually where we will go to. I'm not a bad person. I didn't do that. I know I wasn't intentionally trying to hurt him. So I'm just going to defend against what my intention was. Whereas if I can say, okay, like Vanessa said, he had an experience. Mm -hmm. He had feelings actually don't define who I am. Can I sort of be in that neutral zone of, okay, that's interesting. That's your experience. Does any part of that resonate with something that maybe I can take some ownership of? Maybe Mm -hmm. not. Mm-hmm. But can I be open to, okay, I hear <laughs> that's how you felt. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make me a bad person, whether it's true or not. Yes, I totally love that. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of an example. Please. Um, so, so when I'm having something going on with my children, um, and I started this many years ago, my kids are teenagers now. So when they're like seven, eight years old, when I started to have a lot of parenting issues with them, 
um, I started a new way of parenting more consciously, right? So this is very recent. A couple of weekends ago, like I left the house. I told my 14-year-old, please have homework and laundry done. It's going to be Monday tomorrow. We got to go for school. Mm-hmm. I come home four or five hours later, it's not done. And I had just a couple of weeks before started noticing that I was doing a lot of, I want to call nagging my children. Mm -hmm. It started out as reminding my children, but it started Mm -hmm. to feel like nagging. Mm -hmm. So I went and did some work around it. uh, My own inner work, kind of deconstructing what that feeling was. And I had a conversation with my son and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to collaboratively work with him and I'm going to get more curious. Like I'm going to stay on this path. So when I came home and noticed that that had happened after we'd have this other conversation, I kind of sat with myself. I said, all right, I'm not going to go and attack, Mm -hmm. right? Because that leads to disconnection. I'm going to sit with this and kind of come up with some language to use and be like, I don't, I'm not trying to disconnect. You know, what happened? Did you not understand me? You know, like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting in my house, kind of figuring this out, processing, and then my husband walks in the door and starts going, okay, you come here and you come here and you do this. All right, we're going to clean up this mess right now. We're going to do this right now. Exactly what I was trying not to do. <laughs> yeah. Did he know? Of course he didn't know. Of course he didn't know, mm-hmm. right? And I just said to him, I'm like, God, you have to come in and like start telling everybody what to do. I mean, that's like the truth of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, the energy was just like, pfft off and I was like and there was unspoken words (laughs) unspoken things and then whatever it was like an hour and a half or two hours later my kids went to bed they went upstairs and he's like really you have to Mm. um cut off my legs in front of the kids Mm. so I do feel blamed I do feel like it's me I do feel like that however I know that that's his experience. And also I had not communicated. There was no opportunity communication to communicate with him. And then my, my, def- my pe- pattern is to defend myself. You sure. don't know. And I've been doing this and I didn't even share what happened with you two weeks ago because I worked it out on my own. I get up in the morning with my kids. I got 25 minutes to get him out of the house. And so I, that's my, that's what I do. Hmm. And um, so I never shared, but I processed it on my own and it's my 25 minutes with them. So he didn't really need to know. And then, so let me cut you off. Cause I yeah. think this is interesting. Yeah. So there, what I, what I'm witnessing happening or kind of, I'm going to try to pull some language out of this is like, yeah. you're able to say like, oh, this is totally what happened. Like I was processing in my head. He wasn't along for the ride. Right. Like I knew all of this stuff because I've already worked it out. He obviously wasn't along for the ride. So it's almost like you're able to stand back and see, I did this thing where I said to him, well, basically I did this thing that I originally wanted to do, which that in itself is an interesting yes. projection, right? Like I yelled yep. at him for the thing that I actually initially wanted to do myself. And realized right? that, that I was not going to do it. But right. Yeah, that, right. Right. But I mean, that was still but, your first, like, that's what I wanted to do. Right. And I took a pause, which is great that you was. took a pause, but it was your initial desire. So I kind of snapped at him for that. But then you, you are actually able to say like, okay, he did this thing and it still irritated me. And it's still not kind of where I want to be when it comes to parenting and yada, yada, but also, um, you know, you, you took your responsibility, even as you were recounting it to us, you took your responsibility, which is like, yeah, I did cut him off the legs. He wasn't aware. I did this work on my own. He wasn't part of the process and I got defensive. Hmm. So a little bit of this is like, I want to change language around working towards it being a yes and conversation. 
right? Like, does it have to be he's wrong or I'm wrong? He's bad or I'm bad. I'm defensive. He's blaming. He's blaming. I'm like, can it be a yes and approach always? Hmm. It's kind of like we're looping in a little bit of what Danae was saying. Like, what part of this is mine? Okay. Acknowledge verbally to him the part of it that's yours. And then there's an and that can follow. It doesn't have to be in the moment, by the way, because, you know, sometimes when we say the but, after the acceptance, it just kind of minimizes everything we've just said, right? Clearly, but it can be a follow-up conversation. Listen, I've thought about this. I realize I've been doing a lot of thinking around this, you know, this specific thing in parenting, and I, I didn't bring you along for the ride. And that was my bad, right? But here's why I'm thinking this. Here's why I took a moment before I walked in the door, before I kind of snapped at them and said X, Y, and Z. And so then it becomes you two um, conspiring together versus you versus him. I, I really just, I try to approach this whole, because I, I can feel it so deeply, exactly like, exactly what you're saying. I try to approach it so deeply with my partner with this yes and. Like, yes, I can take responsibility for this. And here's the component that it's not his fault. That's like the wrong term, but um, I don't know. Am I, am I making sense? <laughs> Doesn't they help me out here? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, what I think I hear underneath what you're speaking to V is something that I'm, I mean, I'm my, I'm really grateful that you're bringing this topic forward because it's something Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit obsessed with around those of us who are really trying, (laughs) we're trying to do the work. We're trying to work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of language that um, I heard you use that sort of suggests how much you are sort of like in the space of like really looking inward, really trying to understand the way that we show up with one another. Um, And, you know, there's this thing of like, and I've been having this conversation with so many parents lately where I feel like there's so much of us like trying to get it right, trying to not mess up our kids, trying to do this the right way that we're almost like, like we're almost like hypersensitive, right? Because it's like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. And what was the script I'm supposed to say now? And oh my God, what if I do this wrong? I'm going to screw up my kids. And then here comes my husband and he's not doing the script right. And get your ass over here and do it. That's not what we're supposed to be saying. And a lot of it is the internal pressure that I'm already feeling trying to do this right, right? Like I'm just trying to do right by my kids, which any of us who are parent understand that, right? And for me, what I've been obsessed with lately is like, can we just soften a little bit back into our humanity, right? Because all of the, this person's a narcissist, this person's love bombing me, mm-hmm. I'm being gaslit, all of this psycho babble that I am like up to my head with y'all. Like, I don't know how much more I can take. It literally gets to the point where we just don't have any empathy for one another anymore. Mm-hmm. And ultimately all of these things, whatever the behavior pattern is, it's always our defense mechanisms based on the ways that we've been hurt throughout our lives. All of us, you know, Mm -hmm. none of us are perfect. None of us, like, I mean, all I do is talk about this stuff all day. And do you think like my ex couldn't point out the ways that I'm narcissistic? (laughs) Like he'd be happy to tell you about it. Right. But can I like soften into a little bit of the space of like, we're all just doing the best I can. We can. Right. So to Vanessa's point, circling back, like, what would it feel like to say, you know, I was having this moment before you came in where I was really trying something with the kids. And then the story I told myself was blah, 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 right. Whatever. But like really dropping into empathy for when he's saying you cut me off at the legs, what he's saying was, I felt really small when I Mm. came in as a parent and whatever I said was sort of undermined in front of the kids. Right. And 
all of us as parents can and empathize fair. with that. Like right? nothing yeah. makes me feel smaller than when my kid's dad comes in and is like the way you just did that. No, you know, I'm like, oh, because I'm already so hard on myself, right? And that's to me, the point of the empathy is like, yeah, when that happens to me, it feels awful. So I can understand why you felt that way. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I'm sitting with it. <laughs> I am sitting with it. I am sitting with it. I did share afterwards, you know, my pro the process, um, you know, what I was doing before, you know, um, but in between that time and the sharing, it's, it's a lot of um, silence. It's a lot mm -hmm. of silent treatment. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of that. And kind of what I was thinking when Danae was just talking is I am, so like high strong. I mean, you can't, you're, nobody can see this, but you can, like <laughs> I, I am because I'm building a business. Mm. Um, I'm still the primary caretaker. I mean, my day sort of ends at three o'clock because mm -hmm. phone calls start coming in and pick me up and drop me here and yep. what's for dinner and I'm hungry and, yeah. and, and I am trying to, and I don't feel so supported or validated mm. with that. And that's hard. So I'm hard on myself during the hours, during those hours. And then, then the second half of my day is like that, you know? Um, so I, I kind of just want to be like, you know, F you dude, it's you, <laughs> you know? Like I, I'm I mean, hard enough on myself. I don't need it from you too. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's why our compassion always has to start within because it's always about the relationship that we have with ourselves which is why you know your first question of like is it me well I think yeah it is always me but a lot of times our work is to turn the focus inward and say where am I being really hard on myself yeah. where am I in a pressure cooker that the minute he comes in and says something to me he can say anything and this pressure cooker is so boiling that I'm like rah because I'm just really really struggling you know I I and I am because then he comes home he's like you don't ask about my day and you don't support me. And yeah. I'm like, I'm barely, I like, I barely got dinner on the table right now, yeah. you know, like, and it's like, and I, I don't have little kids. It's not like I'm like occupied with my kids. I just, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know. Don't minimize exactly it though. Don't minimize it. Maya. No. Like that, yeah. Don't do that. No. Because okay. parenting is parenting regardless of the age of parenting and running a household is running a household regardless. It doesn't matter. Like for we're sure. all in this together, girl. Like I can't even tell you the number of women that I hear expressing such similar things, myself included, really? to yes. what you're expressing right now. And I, there is, it's a collective experience in a lot mm. of ways. You're not alone in that. And so I don't want you to minimize it because that would be minimizing the collective truly. And it sounds okay. like so much of the conversations I don't want to use the word should, but I mean, obviously we can only do so much in 30 minutes, but it's like, it does sound like the deeper conversations here are between you guys on, on how do we feel supported and loved? Yeah. Like, like, what do I need to do? What do you need to do to help each other feel supported and loved? Cause right now it doesn't feel like, it feels like you guys are kind of that, ships passing in the no, night. That's a hundred percent because only yesterday he was like, not yesterday or two days ago. He's like, you don't love me. You don't even like me, you know? Mm. And it's gotten to that point. And I, and I kind of go, well, I do love you, but not in that same way, because yeah. it's just, it's not the same anymore. 
I, it's been many, many, many years. Like yeah. I said, this is like an ongoing. Sure. This is this is from when the, my kids were babies, mm -hmm. you know, to not helping me in the morning when I had two high chairs running and and you know and breakfast and food and people are getting kids are getting up at all weird hours in the morning and then middle of yeah. the night, and the response is like, well, I got to go to work tomorrow, so I need to sleep. It started oh. like I feel like that was like the start of it. Yeah. And, 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 that, are, and, right? and then, and here we are and not speaking up and letting, well, so let me, you know? let me jump so, in if yeah. I can, just cause Please. unfortunately we don't, um, I wish we had more time. Um, but you know, something I want to offer for you to contemplate and leave you with is something that Vanessa's partner, John often says that I feel like in all of our relationships is so helpful, which is seek to understand before seeking to be understood. And what I find working with couples is the more that I am able to drop into the space of attempting to hear where this person's coming from before trying to get them to hear me, the more open they start to be to actually like listening, hear seeing, hearing <laughs> me. Right. But as long as I'm like, we're tit for tatting one up and, it, and it's got to start with me. Right. Like I got to say, like, where is what he's saying? True. Where can this I, this is the essay on, by the way, because this does by what Danae is saying, this does not invalidate that you feel unsupported. It does not invalidate that you feel like you don't have a partner or you don't have this or you don't, it doesn't take away any of that. There is room for yes. And yeah. But like 10 years later, I'm still feeling like we're still at each other with you're not doing it. So where can I be open to hearing like, okay, tell me more about that. I want to hear what you're saying. I want to hear how this feels for you. Right. And it's, listen, it's oh, yeah. super difficult work. <laughs> like it, this is the warrior work here. I don't literally. even know how to do that. I, I mean, I, I, I think I do. And then mm. I try and I just, I don't even know how to do that. That's kind of like when I was saying, like, is it time to move into, like, I want to move away, even though my, com my, you know, my initial was enmeshment and codependency. I want to move away from that and be like, is it communication? Can I communicate? I don't even know how to do that. I think it's, it's connection. I think yeah. it's loss of connection. I don't think either one of you feel connected or supported or seen in this relationship. And I think it bubbles up and out into everything. How can this, you like somebody if you feel, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't even like me right now. It's like, well, I don't really like anybody right now because I'm so pissed yeah. off and I'm so stressed out and I'm so overwhelmed. Right. So it's yes. And like, and this is some of those um, times where we've been in a dynamic for so long, we do need to seek outside support. Like this yes. is when I'm like, yes, let's bring in a couples therapist. Cause sometimes we have just dug in our heels so far. We've been in a pattern for so long. We need someone else to support us. So we need someone else to say time out, both of yeah. you sit down and shut up and listen for a second. Yeah, someone else yeah. on the outside to hear us. So unfortunately, um, we have to wrap for today, but, but I'm going to give you some referrals. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you an email and I, I want Thanks. you to, to maybe consider, you know, having a conversation with him about that. I'm sure you probably have at some point, but um, it, it, might yes. be worth pushing. it might be I've, worth pushing a little bit harder. <laughs> all right. I have before many times when they, my kids were with, 10 years ago, we, we tried, um, I don't know. It was like May or June, 2020 that didn't work. Yeah. Um, I think it's time to just say, we're at that point. Like this is, this is a necessity. Like this needs to happen because neither one of us feel loved and supportive and supported and, and we can't keep going that way. Bottom but line. circle back with us. Thank and, you. And okay. Vanessa will send Thank you those you. referrals and um, let us know. And maybe we'll come back I and will. do a little follow-up. Okay. Yeah. I'd love that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Maya. I learned nice. a lot today, Vanessa. I learned a lot. Thank you. Oh, thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I was just saying to you after we stopped recording that I, I don't want to in any way minimize what Maya is going through, but in working with couples, 
I hear some variation of this so often. Oh yeah. And it just is, it's so prevalent. It's so present. It's so real. It's so common. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, working with couples is my jam. I don't know why. Like, I feel like I just, I love it so much, but I think that what ends up happening so often to your point is we've just been with someone for so long that we just really stop seeing one another. We stop being able to drop into that space of, um, of empathy and curiosity. And, you know, when we meet someone, we just, we want to know all about them, about their world. Like we, we really want to dig in. And when we've been with someone for 20 years, it feels really, really impossible to step into that space. And I loved Maya's honesty in saying, you know, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to meet him there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's God, the prevalence of, you know, and I hate to genderize it, but it is at least in, you know, the kind of heteronormative sense, like it's so common where you have this, like the, the woman feels resentful and unseen and unsupported and I'm doing all this for myself and you just get to come in and come out and go to work. And, um, it started when my kids were little and now here I am 20 years later and I don't even fucking like you anymore, you know? Mm. And that narrative is just so common that I, I don't know. I, I feel for her so much because there's years of shit to unpack there and resentment is such poison. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to send them some couples counselors, uh, you know, asking for some too. And I, I hope that they can get to a space where they both feel in their, in their relationship, like they can actually be heard and supported and, and seen by each other instead of like adversaries. Yeah. You know, I think the work of, being in a relationship for a lifetime, Esther Perel says this a lot, is that like understanding I'm going to be with more than one person in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Can we evolve together? Can we continuously be in the space of attempting to discover one another? And I think what often happens, and Maya spoke to this a little bit, is like, I'm doing all this work. This person isn't doing any work, but you know, um, I think a lot of the work is understanding that the work never stops. Like mm -hmm. that, you know, the work of attempting to know someone, to see someone is, is the work of a lifetime. If we're going to be in relationship with that other person, because they are going to change, they are going to feel differently and we can just assume, but if we don't ask, we don't know. Uh, I feel for her. <laughs> and him. I feel like I just, I you know, and I, I'm, I'm owning this as myself because I have, I've been where Maya is, you know, like in that space of like deep resentment. And I think I wasn't really able a lot of times to see the man in my life and how things felt from his perspective. And I think that sometimes we're just so in how this feels for me. It's really tough to drop into what it feels like for that other person, you know? Yeah. I mean, I also think too, like that's true. And I think that we are just so culturally inclined or just, it's like force fed into us that we don't get to speak up and ask for help in the beginning. And so then it becomes habitual anger and habitual resentment. And like, mm -hmm. this is just my role. And this is just what I have to do as a woman and, and who am I to speak up? Um, and so then we have a lifetime of that, of that seething resentment. Right. And I think that's so unfair to both parties. Um, totally. whereas if in the very, very beginning, when those kids were little, she got to say, this isn't enough. Like I need more. Let's talk about this. Like, how can I feel better supported? You know, in what ways do you not feel supported? Let me try to step into that. Um, but we're not taught to have those conversations. And so instead we blink our eyes and 20 years goes by and we're pissed off and we have 20 years of resentment to work through, you know, it just, it just feels like both parties lose in that. 
Totally. I feel like I have this conversation with women a lot where I say, yeah. your husband is not the patriarchy. This is his conditioning as much as it is it's yours. yours. Everything that you feel frustrated about, you know, that has been your conditioning has also been his conditioning that when we have a new baby, it's not both of us who are in this just as much as the other one, you know, I mean, that's not just on him. It's like, it's his conditioning as well. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah layers to break down. I mean, this is such a rich conversation. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.